All right, here we go. Episode 47 of Bet Parks presents Stick to Hockey Live. Tons to get to. Anthony DeBarco from TheFourthPeriod.com and Anthony Sanfilippo from CrossingBroad.com and then Tones Takes. I got to change my name, I guess, to Anthony or Antonio or Tony. I'm going to just go with, hey, Tony. Uh, that's going to be the show today. Uh, Bet Parks, the new app is fantastic. It's great. It's been awesome for the playoffs. Uh, I hope you bet the over last night in the Battle of Alberta. Uh, take it from me. The Bet Parks app's everything you've been looking for in a mobile casino and a sports book. It's right in the palm of your hand. It's right on the road with you, wherever uh, you got going on. You can just pull over. You can pop a bet in. Real simple to use, easy to navigate, faster to win than ever before. And you're going to enjoy it because there's so many different ways to bet. Live play-by-play betting, player performances, first score, exact score, puck lines, alternate lines, you name it. It's all there for you on the Bet Parks app. So check it out and use the promo code JASON750, and that'll get you a risk-free bet up to $750. That's for new and existing users. So again, JASON750, and get that risk-free bet up to $750. Terms and conditions do apply. So do yourself a huge favor for the hoops, playoffs, hockey, uh, you got the uh, golf tournament this weekend, one of the majors, the PGA, uh, tons, baseball, all there for you to, to get your action in on. So download the Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's bring in the Anthonys right now from thefourthperiod.com. It's Anthony DeMarco from crossingbroad.com. Snow the Goalie podcast. It's Anthony Sanfilippo. What's going on, boys? What's up, gentlemen? Not bad. Not bad. You know, Jason, you don't fit on this show anymore. We're just going to take it over for ourselves. <laughs> Seriously, like the amount of Anthony's in Philadelphia, and you're in Montreal, Ant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like the amount of Anthony's and in, in, in Paisans in the media here is out of control. It's great. Yeah, well, I mean, great. well, they're, they're, who's the other? Oh, you do uh, the race show with uh, Mingioni, right? With Mingioni? Yep. We got Anthony Mingioni. We got Gargano. What's uh, going on, Bo? What's up, cuz? What's up, cuz? and I actually share a birthday, too. Oh, is that right? Yes. Yes, okay. cousin and I have the same birthday as well. Uh, same year? No, no. He's a couple years older than me. Okay, so he's got a couple on you. He's, yeah, he's got a couple on me. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah. but, but, of course, I, and I've worked with every one of the Anthonys, it seems like, in this city, but uh, that's more says more about me than it does them. Uh <laughs> Guys, let's get right to the, the the nuts and bolts here because you had a report yesterday, San Filippo, that uh, Chuck Fletcher and the Flyers would be meeting with, I, I guess, I guess interviewing Barry Trotz. We know that Trotz went to Winnipeg um, and had the conversation there. They left; he left without a deal apparently because he's going to continue other conversations. And I imagine the Flyers the last. But what's the latest on Barry Trotz and the Flyers and a meeting coming up tomorrow? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I just got a, I just got a text from. Um, I can say that it, I, this is this is on the record because it did say um, my official response. So I'll take that as an on the record comment. Uh, I just got a text from Chuck, um, basically, you know, just trying to get. I was trying to reach him yesterday, and, and I couldn't get him yesterday to talk about it. And he says my official response is we are conducting a formal search process to determine the next head coach of the Flyers. We expect to interview several high-quality candidates over the coming days and weeks. Our goal is to find the right candidate for the job based on chemistry, fit, and a proven track record of success. Our process will be confidential, and therefore we won't be releasing any names 
or details of the candidates we select to interview. Um, so that's directly from the general manager. Um, and uh, but I, you know, I, you know, obviously Anthony talks to some people behind the scenes. I talk to some people behind the scenes. Um, and uh, from what I've been told uh, since yesterday um, is that uh, it, it's not so much an interview tomorrow as much as it is just a conversation uh, to discuss salary. Obviously, number one, that's first and foremost, big thing for the new coach. Uh, um, and players that are here that fit the system and what changes might have to be made in order to make it work if um, Barry were to come in and and be the, uh, be the coach. Um, I'm still told that if he wants the job, it's his. He's number one on the list. It, at the end of the day, it's Trotz's call. Um, it, it's a, just a matter of convincing him that this is the right place for him as opposed to going home to Winnipeg uh, where he left or going maybe potentially to Vegas, which is uh, another uh, team that's kind of in the mix, I think, for for trots of services. So um, there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of moving parts. There's no obviously nothing that's guaranteed uh, that Barry will, will be the next coach of the Flyers by any means. Um, but I, I bet that the Flyers will offer more money than any other team. I, they, seriously, you could you could name any team in this league if they wanted to trade trade their current coach for Barry Trotz and said, "Well, we'll pay you X." The Flyers would go above that. I, that's how much I think the Flyers want him. Is I think that they're willing to pay a salary for a coach that maybe has never been paid before. Yeah. Well. Okay. So much to unpack there. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> first of all, um, and I kind of want to check these off one by one, but I'm just going to kind of go through all of them real quick. Proven track record of success was something that Chuck said in his text to you. That yep. to me. Okay, circle that. Um, number two, this isn't so much an interview. To me, this is, you know, this is almost the reverse of an interview. It's almost Barry Trotz interviewing the team. Yeah. Because if you're having the conversation and you bring in Trotz in, it's not exploratory when you bring in Trotz in. He's not going to waste his time. He doesn't have time to waste. So that's another thing. He's almost coming in to interview you to figure out where he's going. If you're having a conversation, he knows if they're, that you're going to put an offer forward and he's got to decide whether you're in the mix or not. That's number two. Number three, um, you know, the other part of this, he's a guy that wants to be a part of front office and decision making, something that probably didn't happen with Lou. And then number four, you know, you look at this, Anthony DeMarco, and I look at all of these different things when it comes to trots and system and all of that stuff. And I look at all of those different elements and that if you want to get him as your coach, you may have to capitulate on letting him have a say in personnel. You may have to have a plan for him to transition into front office from coaching. I don't know. And then the other part is, I don't know that Vegas is a fit. We haven't heard that he's speaking with Vegas yet. He will, but I think coaches might be a little leery of Vegas because they have become, they've earned reputation very quickly in the NHL as a team that, hey, as soon as the next shiny toy comes along, we'll get rid of you. Yeah, and they kind of already have like a set front office with George McPhee as the president, Kelly McCrimmon as the GM. And look, like Vegas would make sense, like and talked about maybe a team not being able to offer up as much as the Flyers. I think Vegas would be in the top or in the higher tier 
but probably not as much as the Flyers because he's probably going to get a Mike Babcock contract from the Flyers, that type of offer. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out that they're going to offer him $7 million for five years or whatever it is. But I think why Trotz fits with the Flyers and, you know, Ant read the text from Chuck. I got a text that was almost <laughs> verbatim, the, the, the verbiage. I read it before we came on the air. And I think they want a guy who, you know, instills a lot of accountability, who gets buy-in right away, instills structure. And I think the buy-in part's the big one for me. Because, you know, who goes to he goes to Washington and what was it, 1415? He showed up there, if I'm not mistaken. And he gets Ovechkin to buy in after he burned through, you know, Boudreaux and Adam Oates and Dale Hunter and all that. And then they win the Stanley Cup. He goes to the New York Islanders, who before Trotz had got there were kind of like one of the bottom feeders of the NHL, the laughing stock of the NHL. They had gone through Doug Waite and um, Ted Nolan was there. There's a coach. Capuano, that's the guy I was missing. The guy who didn't know about a hair comb. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you get trots in there and auto- right away, save for this past year, they become one of the beasts of the Eastern Conference. So he just checks so many boxes where I'm saying, like, you do back up the Brinks chucks for this guy. He automatically shoots to the top of everyone's list, including the Flyers. And I do believe that this was going to be a very long, drawn-out process had Trotz not become available. Let's say you had to go through the likes of Tortorella or wait for a Montgomery or talk to Talkit or talk to Paul Maurice, although I don't think Paul Maurice is a serious candidate, even if he does get an interview. But even at that, it seems like more of a stretch right now. I think Trotz supersedes all of them. And like you brought up, Jay, if he wants the job, he gets it on the spot. Yeah, and this so this isn't an interview like that. The the thing that again that really that I brought up first that really popped out in your exchange with Chuck was proven track record. They're not going for a guy here in his first gig. They're not going for anybody like that. They're going for a guy that's going to wow. The name's going to wow. So it's either to me uh, a Trotz, a Tortorella, maybe a Jim Montgomery. Does he have the proven track record? He had a good track record in Dallas. Yeah, but. I mean, you can, you, can, you can probably get away with proven track record with him if you include all his success in college. Yeah, at, at Denver, right? I mean, so that's that's probably that probably fits that you know that equation. But you're Careful right, he's selling that as for, to the Flyer fans, though. I know, especially Haxtell. after Haxtell, right? No, but I mean, at least he's coached in the NHL before. I mean, Haxtell yeah. never did. You know, Montgomery, Montgomery coached well. You know, coached Dallas turned around a team in one year basically and they had a a great year and they were well on their way to a a second year when he um had a uh, step down from that position um and now he's been an assistant coach with a very good st louis team um so i mean there is a there is a track record of of success with him maybe not so much as the two names you just mentioned obviously trots and tutorella who've won stanley cups um but at the same time I, i i do think you could probably get away with saying that that Montgomery has a track record that's proven. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is you look at the coaches that are available and I mean, there was five coaches. I had this written down. Let me see if I have right here. Oh, sorry. Five coaches that were available right now that are Stanley cup winning coaches, Tortorella, Trotz, Julian, Quenville and Babcock have all won cups. Mm-hmm. And I believe all five are available. Then you had the other guys, the no cup crew, which is Montgomery, David uh, Quinn, uh, Paul Maurice, Tak, Boudreaux was available kind of at the time. So you have all these guys. You can't go off the kind of off the reservation here a little bit 
when you have all of that quality available because if you do and you screw it up, it's see you later. And it might not just be see you later to this job, maybe see you later to the next job. Well, that's what we talked about last week, right? Is like if you go with a Montgomery, because even though Paul Maurice doesn't have a cup, like I would put him more in the mix with like the Tortorella. I don't know about you guys, but I would group Maurice more in with like the Tortorellas. Yeah. I'd put him ahead of Julian. Yeah, no, for sure. Like for me personally, subjectively, I like Paul Maurice. I do kind of admit that maybe his system isn't right for this team. Like they want to instill a structure, right? And there was no structure to the Winnipeg Jets. They were all high octane, run and gun, like high event hockey, give up chances and rely on elite level goaltending, a model that will prove to be unsustainable come playoff time. Like he was there for what, eight, nine years. They made it to one Western Conference final. I do think a lot of that had to do with Shevel Dayoff not giving him a proper defense way more often than not. But the point still stands that you need the certain type of pieces to fit Paul Maurice's style of play. I like his attitude, but, you know, I asked about him specifically yesterday. Flyers aren't given much right now, but all I got the impression of was that Maurice wasn't high on their list. And then you look at structured guys that falls on trots, that falls on Tortorella. Now, Montgomery has that track record, and I just got a text that's saying a track record doesn't have to include a Stanley Cup. But that being said, like, Montgomery was coached for what a year and a half, two years in Dallas. You know, I'm not sure if they made the playoffs under him. They went to the Stanley Cup final, I believe, the year that he was yeah. replaced by Rick Bonus. And obviously, he was relieved for reasons other than his on ice uh, performance. So, I mean, if you just run the risk here that if you pass on guys like Tortorella, because I won't even include Trotz, because if he doesn't come here, it's because he chose to go somewhere else. But if you pass on guys like Tortorella, you pass on guys like Paul Maurice, you pass on guys like Pete DeBoer, again, no Stanley Cup, but two appearances in the cup final, it's going to cause a lot of blowback. And even though Montgomery might be the right hire, from an optics perspective, people are going to be like, what the hell were you doing passing on all these proven guys, a lot of them with a Stanley Cup pedigree? Yeah. And let's talk about San Filippo. Let's talk about <laughs> Trot's fit. You know, to me, he fits any team with, I mean, look at what he took over in New York with the Islanders. He took over, you know, that team that Doug Wade had with Tavares. He gets it without Tavares, virtually the same exact team. He shaves 102 goals season to season, basically with the same goaltending, takes the team to two conference finals in two very bizarre years, no doubt about it. And then this year, he didn't make the playoffs in what was a very bizarre year. They started the season with almost a, a six-week road trip because while they waited for the arena to get done, then they had a huge COVID outbreak. The league didn't pause games for them. They were playing with a depleted roster. And then eventually they did pause a bunch of games and condensed their schedule even further. They didn't make it. They finished over Hockey 500. But talk about Trots as a fit for the Flyers. What can Trots do for the Flyers immediately? Well, First of all, they're going to they're gonna allow a lot less goals. Yeah, that's number one. And, I, you know, I look at it this way, Jay, and this is why I think he's the best fit of any coach out there for this team. Who's the most important player on the Carter Flyers? It, th that in and of itself is the answer. I mean, yep. you need to bring in a coach who's going to make your goalie your most important player mm -hmm. have the best chance of success, which is all another reason why Vegas probably doesn't fit him as well because they don't really have 
the goalie out there, right? I mean, you look at Winnipeg, and Winnipeg does. I mean, with, with Hellebuck, but um, but the, the Flyers do in, the, in in a young goalie in Carter Hart. Um, so I think automatically the structure that he brings and that he demands of his players that they will have to play, or he'll find someone who will uh, play in their place, um, will I- I- infinitely be better for Hart and make Hart a better goalie. Um, and then secondly, I think it improves your defense, which they're going to have a lot of money invested in. Well, let's be honest. Um, they're not going to, they're not going to move on from Provorov. Um, I know we had a lot of speculation about that. There had been talk about that. There had been some internal discussion about that. Um, but it seems like that they've settled on the fact that they're going to keep Provorov. Um, and so he's a $6 million investment. Um, they just made the big investment in the wrist Um, you expect Sanheim will probably get a new contract next season you know not probably not this season but in the next season um who the hell knows what ryan ellis i mean jesus he's never gonna play again but i mean did it, play for trots though in yeah Nashville. but he did but he did play for trots which is an important thing maybe mm-hmm. that changes his mindset about coming back and, and, and getting back to playing hockey again so if that's a, if, and if he's so, so if he's healthy and he can play that's another 5.4 right i mean so you got you got a lot of money tied up in that defense then this is the kind of coach you want to come in and fix it, right? And, and, and get guys playing the right way. Um, yeah, they might be a little bit more, you know, they might be a little bit more boring. I mean, if, if you want to compa- if you want to look at a coaching style as a comparison, I mean, he's not Lavi, who's go go go. He's not yeah. AV, who was kind of like you know pressuring offense first and pressure, you know, pressuring the puck. He's more about solidifying things in your own end and then being an opportun- opportunistic offense. Um, but that's okay. I, I'm cool with it's that. It's winning hockey. It's, it's winning hockey. Right. Yeah. I'm good with it. So, I mean, I look at those other coaches, and I don't think that any of them that you mentioned, not that any of them are bad coaches, but I mean, obviously, Quinville's a Hall of Famer. I mean, but I mean, you know, can you go back to him so soon after what happened, uh, the story that came out of Chicago? I, don't, I, I wouldn't be comfortable. I wouldn't either. Um, you know, Babcock is another one. I mean, there's another little bit of uncomfortability there after what happened with him. Um, but, you know, great coach and all. But, I mean, these guys, none of them are defense first, right? All of them, all of them are, are, are guys who've made their bones as teams that score goals. I mean, you look at those championships that those teams won when those guys were coaches, who were their goalies? Nobody, nobody, nobody who's going to end up in the Hall of Fame by any stretch of the imagination. And yet they won multiple Stanley Cups. You know, so those so this is a different kind of coach, and it's the kind of coach that this team needs, especially because it's a team that has lacked so much structure for so long that it needs someone who's going to come in and just say, "It's this way or else." Yeah, I mean, he's he's Barry Trotz has pulled that card with several players, and I remember, I guess it was the year the that the league got paused, so the 2019-20 season. And he had benched Barzell in a couple of games in the second half of the game in the third period. And they were a team that was really struggling heading into the pause. Like, I don't think they would made it. I think they lost 14 of their last 16 games heading into the pause. Mm-hmm. And they were able to reset and then go. And you can say what you want, whether it's the Dallas Stars who go to the final in the bubble or the Islanders who go to a conference final. They followed it up with another. Um, and what the, you know, the bubble meant, if you want to take it seriously or not, in the grand scheme of things. But, uh, you know, when you look at it, he, he he's not amenable to anyone. So, Anthony DeMarco, what forwards here would have to make the biggest adjustment if Barry Trotz is the bench boss? Well, I mean, I mean imagine Connect needs one for sure. Couturier would love him. He'd love Couturier. 
<laughs> well, well, that's the thing. Like, do the Flyers have like that all offense dynamo on this team? I mean, I don't think so. Like, obviously, Konechny, probably Cam Atkinson as a five-on-five player, but Cam Atkinson flourished under John Tortorello, so I don't think he would have any trouble buying into a defense-first system. And he's a good penalty killer. He's a good penalty killer. Joel Farabee as well, a decent penalty killer, but kind of struggles with five-on-five defense. I mean, I guess Konechny, but even Konechny, like – was Avi an all offense coach? Like he was more like structured through the neutral zone. They were very good defensively in 2019, 2020, which was Konechny's career year. I mean, Owen Tippett, but like, is he at that level yet where he could have to start adjusting? Like, I think that Trotz would have the exact type of horses here to succeed because you don't have any of these like Mark Scheifele's or Patrick Liney type guys that are all offense, no defense. Matthew Barzell falls into that category. But I think that for him, if he looks at rosters and let's assume that Ryan Ellis is there, which is far from a guarantee at this point, but let's assume they have the defense, they have Carter Hart, they have the forwards, give or take, currently as constructed with a healthy Sean Couturier, a healthy Kevin Hayes, Scott Lawton. I think he's going to get buy-in, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of players here that will have trouble trying to rein in their games a bit. Even a guy like Travis Konechny, like I think that he's the kind of guy that could be bought in relatively easily. I don't think he's a bad five-on-five defensive player. He isn't all offense. Like what he he's capped at sixty-five points, and after this year's what what sixty-five points in this league anymore? When you have ten guys scoring a hundred points just for fun. So, I mean, I think the Flyers, at least in that sense, have a roster that would work well with what Barry Trotz would be trying to sell to them. Yeah, and, and, and they need to find some goals, too. Well, yeah, yeah well, the one thing I wanted to, to, to add, you, know, we, you mentioned Barzell, and it's interesting. I, I took a look at when I wrote a story about Trotz uh, maybe almost two weeks ago now. Um, I looked at Barzell, and I looked at how he developed as a player under trots and you know his rookie year was the year before trots got to the island and that's when he had what 85 points in 82 games yep. but if you looked at his underlying numbers his metrics his you know the analytics his his um his coursey numbers his expected goals all that stuff he was not a, he was obviously not very good defensively i mean he was not a great uh possession guy even though he was putting up all those points um of course we're talking five on five here um, and then as Trotz became his coach, while his scoring came down a little bit, his defensive numbers got a lot better. And if you look at not this season, but last season when they went to the conference final in what was a 60, what was a 65 game season, that was Barzell's best all around season. And he had, you know, he was, he was averaging, he went from averaging 1.04 points a game as a rookie to 0.88 last year which is not a huge drop off but then if you look at his defensive numbers they were through the roof as how much better a defensive player he was now he may not have liked playing for trots he may not have wanted to really particularly buy in but when you mentioned jay that you sit him for a couple of games and it's like look you either play this way or else the kid played that way and and it made the islanders better team he, more he was, net, net positive as a player. And he was more – exactly. He was more net positive. He may not have had as many points, but overall he was so far better defensively that the that the washout was a better player all around. Yeah, and, and the other part of that too is that everybody around him is also better defensively. So the, the biggest key to having 
being a good team defensively is everybody buying in and structure. You benefit if you're playing within structure and doing your job and the guy next to you is doing his job, you both look better Mm -hmm. and you become a more net positive team. I mean, to me, I'd rather have a team that finishes the NHL regular season 17th in goals for in scoring, but is top seven in the least amount of goals allowed. Because to me, that's a team that's going to go way further than the team that can score top five in the regular season but can't keep the puck out of their net. I'll give you a a quick example that is a comparative, that is a comparator. Look at Calgary, what they're doing, right, in the playoffs so far. They were one of certainly one of the best defensive teams in hockey this year. I mean, easily. Um, And then in the first round against Dallas, well, that was a great series. Don't get me wrong. Dallas played them well, Um, you know, and it went seven games. Those were low-scoring games, man. Those were games that you had to pull out, win tight hockey, and Calgary knew how to do it. And then last night, you go up against Edmonton, who's not a good defensive team, and Calgary has the ability to then say, okay, fine, you want to play that track meet? We beat you 9-6. to six. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, like, the, to, be, to be that kind of team, you could still then take it to another level and go, and then eventually go back. I think, I think Edmonton's got a hell of a lot more questions to answer today than Calgary does, just because yeah. Calgary gave up six goals, which is rare. They at least know they have the structure in their system that's going to be able to work games two, two on. I, I think Edmonton looks at it and goes, what the hell do we do? Yeah. See, the problem is Edmonton looks at it and goes, we got them in a game that we love. And we got, I mean, we gave up nine goals. They pull yeah. Smith after the first three on, I think, nine shots. And then Koskinen comes in. He can't stop a beach ball. It becomes contagious down at the other end for Markstrom. He can't make any saves last night. Daryl leaves him into the game, which I, I was fine with. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you picked a team that you thought was going to score nine, I don't know that you would have picked Calgary. No, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. But I mean, that's my – but that, that I think that, you know, to, to not lose the conversation here is I think that that's what we're trying to say yeah. is that you can be a defensive-minded team and have the ability to score goals when the time comes like Calgary did. But make sure you have that defensive structure first. If yeah. you do, you have a better chance of going a lot further. Yeah, because when things aren't going your way, if you have that structure, you can always fall into that. Right. And it's, it's a guarantee. Now, Anthony DeMarco, um, obviously the Leafs lose in the first round. And the, the press conference <laughs> – I know Ant loves it. Uh, the press conference was – I mean, this, this series was on a razor's edge. Could have tipped either way. But the result's the same. They lose another first round matchup. Will there be changes in Toronto? And is that a place that Flyers general manager Chuck Fletcher and every other general manager should be calling to try and get something out of there? I mean, changes, right? Like, I don't think it's going to be Matthews or Marner because, like you said, like they lost, but it was different. Like, personally, when I was doing my predictions, I picked Tampa to win and go to the con uh, and go to the cup final representing the East. But I said, like, whoever wins this series is coming out of the East. That's my opinion. I think both of them are better than Carolina. I think both of them are better than the Florida Panthers. But I think that the Leafs just, they lost because Tampa's that much bit better. And who was the star in Game 7? It wasn't Point or Stamkos or Kucherov. It wasn't Matthews, Marner, or Nederlander. It was Nick Paul. It was a third-line guy who outplayed a David Kampf or Pierre Engvall or whoever you know, Toronto had playing in that role. And 
in terms of the Leafs, I, I think that you look at their team, you know, you just committed to Morgan Riley, so he's not going anywhere. Yeah. You have Marner and Matthews, who I think they're, they've hitched their wagons to. John Tavares has an albatross of a contract. Who's going to take him? Not to mention he has a no movement clause. So you look at Willie Nylander. And I, I think unfairly Willie Nylander is kind of the guy that always gets kind of the, the shit end of the stick there because he is like the worst of the three with Marner and Matthews and Tavares is unmovable. And I think that if fans had it their way, they would probably undo that Tavares contract. And obviously Dubis would never say this, but I'm sure they would as well. You know, $11 million for a second line center who's not particularly good at five on five anymore. You know, you may have to move him to the wing, by the way. Yeah, they were there was talks of that too. And then if you yeah. move them to the wing, then it completely defeats the purpose of having, you know, this two-headed monster down the middle. Like they were trying to basically emulate what we saw in Pittsburgh with Crosby Malkin. Yep. That was the entire idea behind it, except they paid more to do it. They paid more of an investment to do it. And now with Tavares declining as he is five on five, it begs the question. I don't think he's going anywhere. So you look at Willie Nylander, who's on a good value deal. I think he's like a, a shed over $6.9 million. And yeah, absolutely. Like, could you try and explore Travis Konechny for a Willie Nylander? For sure. But for me, and I'm sure Anne agrees here, is like, I think that the Flyers are good on the wing. I think they really need a center. And I don't know who that center is. You know, you know, top six slash top line guys don't float around too often on the on the market in terms of being available. But we talk about Barry Trotz, and I think that yes, they were a very op- they are very opportune teams that you get, you worry about the defensive zone and you capitalize on rush chances. But look at the teams you had success with. You had very talented offensive players in Washington, you know, Vechkin and Kuznetsov and those guys. Yeah, you had Matt Barzal, who, aside from Connor McDavid, you can make the case as the best transition player in the NHL to capitalize off those chances. The Flyers are not a good team in transition. They're terrible in transition. I think their biggest issue is transporting the puck from the D zone to the offensive zone. And I put that more on the forwards than I do the def- uh, the defensemen. And even their top line center, you know, Sean Couture, he's just an average transitional player. So I think that they're going to need to find a centerman who is a very strong transitional player. Now, if it, that guy's Willie Nylander and you have to make that investment on the wing, then so be it. But I just think that in terms of Toronto, they don't have exactly what you need. And what the Flyers need here is a dynamic centerman. And I know that's easier said than done. And those don't come around too often. But for me, I would be looking at guys like Dylan Larkin, like Mark Shifley, like yeah. Pierre-Luc Dubois, like these are the guys for me that you have to target, especially if you get trots, because it's a defensive system and you need a guy who can kind of create offense all on his own. Yeah, I would love Larkin in that role. Uh, Toronto end up with uh, Gibson? It's a good point. Like, I mean, they're going to find a way, they're going to have to find a way to get rid of Morasic. That's the first thing. He's yeah, making no work. chance. Three, three and a half million dollars for two more years. Terrible contract from the onset. I actually think Jack Campbell was okay. I just think that he's going to get a contract from a team that Toronto won't be able to match. I agree. Like, like to me, I look at payday. Yeah, exactly. Like if Robin Lehner got, he got what? Five by five from Vegas. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's the, I think that's the bar for Jack Campbell. 
I would make the case that Jack Campbell's a better goalie than Robin Lehner. Certainly more consistent. Maybe not at their peaks, but I think he's a more consistent goaltender. He's better too. Lehner's size is a problem when it comes to him aging. He's not great so conditioning big. either. Yeah, I mean he's he's like a linebacker. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it's crazy. And after what went on in Washington this year, you don't think that maybe Brian McClellan's just like, hey, we'll give Jack Campbell, you know, five times five point five. You know, depending what happens with Edmonton, I could see that. Like, I think there's a lot of teams that would take a flyer on Jack Campbell. Yeah, that would be so, a mistake by Edmonton, too. I don't think he's good enough. But um, Anthony Sanfilippo, Pittsburgh, you know Hexy. Um, <laughs> he's got himself a dilemma. Oh, you, 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 the, the buzzards are out already in Pittsburgh. I don't know if you saw this the story that came out of SI, or, yeah. or they think that he's in trouble. Um, and there's already? a lot of internal strife. There. Really? Yeah, uh, I was. Uh, well, I'm not stunned because I know how he operates the team. Um, but at the same time, it's yeah. There's a lot of un- a lot of unhappy people in Pittsburgh and the way things are being run there. I, that, that's like a, he didn't he, learn from his time here. I know he just he wants to be a micromanager, man. He just does, and and that's that's the problem. Um, I, I can't. In all honesty, I can't see them letting Malkin go. I think that the I one that goes, I think Latang's the one that that they don't bring back. I, they can't bring them both. They just can't. If you sign, have to sign both those guys, like what are you doing? Like they, they're they're not going to get any better. They're yeah, you know, they don't have a great farm system to begin with. I think that they had a um, they overachieved this year. I think it's a, that says a lot about Sullivan as a coach. Yeah. Um, that he had this team play as well as they did. And especially Jari had a great year. What's that? And Jari covered up a lot by having a great year. Oh yeah, yeah. Jari had a great year, and then you know, and consider consider they missed Crosby for as much as they did at the beginning of the season, right? Yeah. And and we're still able to do this. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like you know, you have a great coach, and you have still have one of the best players in the game. And you know, Crosby still had a great year. There's no question he had a great year. But when you look at this team, and you sit there and go, well, Malkin's a free agent, Rust is a free agent, Latang's a free agent. Um, they extended Carter, who's 36. Yeah, you already extended him. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see how you bring them all back. I mean, you got Ka- and Kapanen. He didn't have a good year, uh, but he's an RFA. You got to sign him, right? Yep. You have to sign Danton Heinen. He had a good season for them. Yep. Right. He's an RFA. Um, Evan Rodriguez had a phenomenal season for them. Who's unrestricted? Like, like, what do you, what do you do in Pittsburgh? I mean, they got a lot of questions. And the whole thing is, is that, you know, you don't want to lose these these franchise icons, but I don't see how you could bring them both back. I think one of them's got to go. You probably convince yourself that you can sign Malkin and improve on defense and let Latang go somewhere else. Yeah, well, I think I think that's what they're going to do. But either way, I, I you know, they don't have a lot coming. They no, just they don't. don't. And that like I don't see Except for a credit card bill with a lot of interest. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, I don't. I think that if you want to talk about the next team, that's. I thought I thought that this was going to be the year that this, they took a step back at the beginning of the year. I, I my prediction was that Pittsburgh missed the playoffs. Okay, um, obviously that was wrong, and they got in. But I think that it's, it's coming, right? I mean, it's it, they got to be at the end of the line here. Yeah, it, I mean, the, look, the credit card bill is going to come due for everybody eventually. They've they've been able to dodge the bill collector for a long time, but yeah. eventually the bill collector is able to reach you. Yeah, and they're, and they're missing draft picks, too. I mean, not they, they still uh, have their first-rounders, but, I mean, 
They're missing two. They're missing a two and a three this year. They're missing a three next year. I mean, they, they don't have a lot of they don't have a lot of capital yeah. to, to try and improve the team. Yeah, it's gonna it'll be crazy to see how that plays out. Well, boys, great stuff on trots. Great stuff uh, on everything. Oh, by the way, there's also a signing today, Jay. Yeah, Flyers extended Nick Sealer. Yeah, two year deal. Uh, it's a it's a uh, one way. It's a, it's a two year one way two way. It. What do you mean one way two way? So first years. First two years. Way. First years one way. Second years two way. Second years two way. So he's your seventh next year. Yeah, he's yeah. got to be right. But that's a surprise that it's. One way, two way. I've never really seen one that way. If you usually see the other way around. Yeah, you usually see two way. The two way first, and then the one way on the back end. Um, Do we have time for one quick more question for you two? Anyway, seven hundred seventy-five thousand for for Nick Sealer. Go ahead. Jay, do we have time for one? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Just curious, like obviously, like on the surface, you would assume that they find like a facsimile to Justin Braun, whether that be a Ruda, Labushkin, a Pissick, what have you. But do you think there's a chance they go bigger game hunting in case Ryan Ellis is around? Isn't around? Yeah, Bill keep Bill Maltzer keeps mentioning that that they got to have a, a backup plan that's not of the level of Justin Braun in case he can't go. I don't know. I don't know where you fit. I don't know how you fit it. I brought it up to Ant before when we were on a phone call, um, just shooting the shit, and like I look at Minnesota's cap situation, and obviously the Flyers aren't don't have a plethora of cap space either, but like. Do you call it Minnesota and see what it would take to get Matt Dumba? I think they've looked at him before, like last offseason, before they got Ryan Ellis. I think Dumba's a guy that they've looked at before. And obviously Chuck knows him. Yeah, and I, I keep I keep going back to this, guys. Uh, you know, I've had this conversation with both of you. I, I said it a little bit um, uh, on, on our podcast. I think I said a little – I may have mentioned it. At the beginning. I've said it so many times I forget when I said it, where I said it. <laughs> But I mean, Chuck does say in his last in his end of season press conference. I'm trying I'm trying to scroll through the the transcript to see if I can get the exact quote. But I do. He did say at one point. Oh, we'll see about July with Ryan July. Ellis. Yes, yeah. where where um, Ellis is in July, mm-hmm. and that I mean to me that that was the most telling thing of that entire press conference because it told it showed me that they're not confident in in his health. Um, uh, and, and you know, and, and going forward, and so when you say, "Well, we got to see where he is in July," in July you're going to know: Do I have to go after a bigger name defenseman, or do I not have to go after a bigger name yeah. defenseman? And I think that that's that's the and that's that's answering your question. They may have to go bigger game hunting, but I don't think that they're going to say that May nineteenth. No. They're going to say that July seventh. You know, maybe you make a trade at the at the at, you know draft. draft night and get a bring a defenseman in. Maybe that's what you have to do. But I mean, that's that's when you're going to know whether or not Ryan Ellis is going to be able to play this season. If he goes after a bigger name defenseman, forget Ellis for the year. Just forget yep. him. He's going to yep. be in an LTIR situation and maybe LTIR for years. Okay, but if he does not go after a big name defenseman, they're, he feels they're, good about where he is. Yeah, they're finger crossed. They feel good about where he's at and they think he can play. So that's yeah. to me, that's what it means. And Absolutely. I think a lot of that might have to do with the coach. Maybe Ellis changes his tune a little bit about how he's feeling about where he's at in his career, knowing that he's going to get a coach here that he's played for before if Barry Trotz is the guy. We shall see. A lot of tea leaves to read, which we'll continue to do. Anthony Sanfilippo from CrossingBroad.com and Snow the Goalie Podcast. Thanks, Ant. Anthony DeMarco from the fourth period. We'll talk to you boys next week. Thanks, guys. Easy, guys. There they are, the dueling Anthonys. And we go from the dueling Anthonys 
to Tones Takes a Playoff Edition right here on Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. And there he is. What's going on, Tone? What's up, Jason? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. You got any line on uh, Barry Trotz as the next coach of the Flyers? Can we put some money on that? Can we wager that? <laughs> yeah, right? Interesting for, <laughs> interesting for sure. I don't know if he's going to, you know, uh, if this is a good fit for him personally. But obviously, uh, yeah, I'd love him as a coach. But I don't know if he's really part of like a sort of rebuild or I don't know. See what happens with the, what, what the team does. But Yeah. Did you have uh did you have the over in the uh Battle of Alberta? No, <laughs> uh, man, I had the under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that thing was sunk right away. I know, it was three one on a guy. That's that's that, you know. Yeah, as soon as McDavid scored. All, all the games started all the games in the second round started slow. They were all low scoring and then of course I the only under I take and <laughs> Yeah, fifteen goals. <laughs> that's what I get though for that, right? Whatever. Yeah. It was, it I was that was six, it was plus money, I didn't lay any juice, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so NHL year to date plus twenty six point one zero units on the year. Let's get right to the card because uh, huge game in the Battle of Florida as Tampa's got the one games to none lead and Florida needs a good response tonight after a four one loss in the opener. But you like Tampa plus one forty here? I'm going. Yeah, I, I had them in game one. I'm going to go with them again. Um, you know, I, I'll take plus one forty with that team. Any day of the week, Vazzy's locked in. Uh, the last few games have been stellar. Uh, just a, a better built team for the playoffs than Florida is. Um, you know, last year in the series, Tampa won the first two in Florida. Yeah, Florida's going to be desperate, but I'll, I'll take the value on the, on Tampa Bay. Their power play has not looked good at all since Ekblad came back. They haven't scored a goal yet in the playoffs. Yeah, oh, for like 20, the, oh, for 21 yeah. or something, yeah. Yeah, they, they were doing the five forward thing after they got through, and that seemed to be working for them. Went back to it a little bit at the end of game one. I expect them to do that again today to get that power play going, but they just haven't looked good at all in the playoffs. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the value with Tampa at plus 140. See, one of the problems like I, I, that I'm having a hard time backing the Panthers now is Bobrovsky. Like that first goal that was scored the other night. What a sick pass from Kucherov. I get it, but he didn't move. And then even the second goal, he made himself so small. Like he's just down so low and just gave up so much twine. And, yep. you know, the thing, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy with him. Great in the regular season. He was good this regular season. And he's got a couple of Vesnas. But come playoff time, he is not nearly as battle-tested as his countrymen as, as Vasilevsky. Yeah, I just can't lay 160 with that with that, with him and yeah. that team right now. It's just, you can't, why, why do it? Just because they have to win? No, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride Tampa Bay. I mean. Yeah, that Tampa team. We're going to look back to it at some point and be like, oh, my God, one of the great teams of all time. Everyone was saying the last two cups were COVID cups, you know, shortened seasons in the bubble. Now, what if they won a cup this year, what's the excuse? What's yeah. the excuse? They're doing this without Braden Point, too. Yeah. The, the, the moves they made at the deadline, Nick Paul, who had a great game seven, had a good game the other night. Uh, two goals. Brand, yeah. Brand, yeah, Brandon Hagel, they have so much depth. They don't have, like, like the offensive depth, but they have the playoff style depth. That's yep. those moves at the deadline, you know, it's solidified it for me, I think. Yeah, Julian Breezeball did a great job again. You know, you lose Gaudreau, you lose 
uh, Blake Coleman. Doesn't matter. You replace the whole him. third line. Yeah, that whole third yeah. line they lost. That's crazy. Uh, let's get to your another play here. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, uh, the Blues, uh, with over two and a half shots on goal, and you're getting plus money here. Yeah, I'm trying to stay away to Lane Juice on shots during playoffs because things are tightening up. But plus one thirty-five for O'Reilly. He's hit it in five of seven playoff games. Has twenty-seven shots on thirty-four attempts, so he's getting his looks. And in game one, there was only Singles only had one power play in game one, so you expect a little bit more tonight. So I'm comfortable with this number you know, at two and a half. Captain of the team, you know, Singles opened the scoring the other night too. Yeah, exactly. Singles has to has to win this game, so I think there could be a little bit more from St. Louis tonight, starting with uh, Ryan O'Reilly. All right, so ROR, over two and a half shots on goal. You got Tampa Bay and plus money. Where can people uh, read your stuff and get your picks? Uh, on uh, oddshecker.com and dimers.com, and also on uh, Twitter at Tone Stakes. There we go. Another edition of Tone Stakes. Tone, thanks for doing this. Right, thanks, Jason. Appreciate you having me on. There he is, Tone, in another edition of Tone Stakes on Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Let me tell you about Bet Parks. Because uh, you can put the tone stakes right there. Uh, this new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, it is now live. It is fantastic. Take it from me. The new Bet Parks apps, everything you have wanted in a mobile casino and a sportsbook, everything you've been looking for. And it's easy, easy to use, easy to navigate, easy to sign up, easy to get your action in, and faster to win than ever before. And these playoffs have been awesome, not just in hockey, also in basketball. And then you've got obviously. Big golf tournament this weekend. You got baseball, football's not that far away. Check it out. Sign up and get in on the Bet Parks, the brand new Bet Parks app. It's fantastic. And right now, all Bet Parks users, new and existing, can use the promo code Jason750, Jason750, and get a risk free bet up to $750. Now, terms and conditions do apply. But again, Jason750, and you get that risk free bet up to $750. So check it out. Download the Bet Parks app today. Open an account. Get in on the action. It's right in the palm of your hand. It's just your telephone or your cell phone, I guess we call that now. That's old school to call it a telephone. But uh, use the promo code Jason750. New and existing users. Risk-free bet up to $750. Terms and conditions apply. So download the new Bet Parks app today. And you do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So we'll see if we get any developments over the next couple of days with Barry Trotz and the Flyers. Keep an eye on the playoffs as well. Everybody, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week on a brand new edition of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Good day, everybody. (laughs) 